SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezomabete on SAFM. Meji, welcome back. Thanks for taking our call and welcome to The Viewpoint. Good evening, thank you, Do we need a deputy president on the evidence of this current administration? Uh, I don't think we do, as you have well spelled out, that he's been really absent and we're not sure what his role is today. And I think that this this type of positions tend to become ceremonial if the president does not have an agenda in terms of who occupies that position and what are they occupying it for. And with the current situation, it doesn't seem that uh, the position is quite useful because he's been an out so generally, in the case of uh, Mabuza, it doesn't mean it doesn't show that he's do, really doing something significant for the country. But of course, many would say, politically speaking, this is as good a strategy as possible. Do nothing. You can't be quoted as having done the wrong thing, and this might pave the way for him for high office in 2029, at least, if not 2024, if the political changes within the ANC happen quite against the run of play. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really a sensitive. Uh, position because you remember how he became the deputy president. We need we didn't even think that he would end up in such a very powerful position. So for him, yeah, yeah, we still want your thoughts. We still want your thoughts. There's just a slight technical issue there. Clearly, um, let me just remind you, Johannesburg seven one four two thousand and six. Perhaps this is a good time for ninety seconds for you at home to give us a call and speak only about this issue to the extent that you will please. Whether or not this country does need a deputy president. I can't obviously come up with a question about the legacy of Didi Mabuza, certainly not in active politics as a deputy president, second in command, because for the most part, he has done nothing. He is away now. That's why we have an acting president in the basic education minister. Mecha Mahoba is giving us his thoughts as an independent political analyst. Perhaps you might dovetail those thoughts with those of your own on Johannesburg, 714-2006. Of course, the voice note facility, 0614. 104-107. You know the rules now. 90 seconds for the calls. Keep it clean under a minute for the voice notes and we're good to go. Meji, you continue. Yes, I was saying that uh, as we have said that his position might be ceremonial but politically he's important for Ramaphosa because we remember how he became to be deputy president how he managed to get into Ramaphosa's camp and I don't think the president is in any position to question whether he has done something useful or not because he managed to give the president the right leverage to become the state president. And and he has showed us that he is also a good strategist. And I don't think that Ramaphosa is in a position to ruffle the cage at the moment. He is just going to let him uh, maybe deal with his health issues. And I don't think he's in any capacity to, to replace him because his position is not secure. He's in much, much more precarious position and he would not want to uh, to, to, to temper with his own foundation. Having said that, this obviously does speak to the fact that the politics within the ruling party are quite clearly, if in many instances it be said, ahead of national interest, given the fact that whenever we talk about such things, invariably the conversation moves away from matters of state and matters of political parties. And talking about that, everything that we saw this last weekend, particularly yesterday, was, if you like, a lot of the ANC being on display, for better, for worse, 
the ANC was on display yesterday through the former president who was sponsored by the ANC and a long-standing member of the ANC, a very senior figure in the ANC as well as in matters of state, former President Jacob Zuma. What do you make of everything that happened yesterday? I think for for my side, that was expected that uh, Jacob Zuma wasn't going to hand him, himself to the police. Uh, the man, because of the manner in which he disres- uh, disrespected the high court, and secondly, we know that he has said he has no regard for the for the courts in South Africa, and he has been plain victim. And with these current, uh, with this recent developments, uh, he he clearly said something that he is not scared of going to jail, and later he came back to say that he has never suggested that he wants to be treated fairly. And if we check correctly, the courts have given him the right to respond to, to the, this charge, and he chose not to do it. He got multiple opportunities to respond to the court, and and at the same time, also goes to the sensitivity of the matter, because President Jacob Zuma has some influence in KZN, and I don't think he, the state can risk arresting him by any means necessary because of the charge that he was facing. They have to kind of think about this issue very critically because... What's there to think about that? There's a decision of the court that was handed down. Let's assume that this matter wasn't now again pending before the Constitutional Court. Whether or not one might think it is serious, it doesn't change the fact that there is a warrant for his arrest. What would make it impossible or even difficult to execute a lawful order of court and a legal process that is very well established in our criminal jurisprudential system? I think the issue here is that uh, what is happening in Gandla has the signs of bloodshed. If the court has said he must be arrested or he must hand over himself to the police. And people have heard this statement and they go on to surround his home. They are demonstrating that they are actually in violation of the law. And now the on us is on the police and the military to plan on how, who are, who are these people responsible for organizing the peoples in Ganta and what should they do about it? And here, I think they have to avoid using force by any means necessary because we cannot find ourselves in a situation where people are killed because Zuma did not want to go to jail. So it's quite a little bit tricky. And you remember that the South African police is not kind of strong in terms of how, I mean, handling large crowds. They either respond with uh, rubber bullets, sometimes life ammunition. And I think the situation here is how do they then plan in order to deal with the people who are organizing the gatherings in Kansas, and how do they potentially uh, find ways of arresting the former president? We're taking calls in Johannesburg, 714-2006. What are your thoughts on everything we've spoken about, particularly the need for the 2IC, that's the deputy president? Of course, this comes in the wake of Angie Motsecha now being sworn in as the acting president of the Republic, while the president and the deputy president are out of town. You saw what happened yesterday. You've probably, for the most part, been following it, at least because everybody on this platform and elsewhere has talked about it today. So let's move the conversation on to talk about the Guptas. The Guptas, Red Notice, Interpol on high alert. This is now going to be, in many respects, a test, one, as to the strength of Interpol. We do remember we once occupied that seat as the head of Interpol through disgraced and late Jackie Celebi. 
Now Interpol has been called again with the South Africa question, arrest the Guptas and their wives and bring them to the country. How do you anticipate at this early stage things in that regard panning out? I think since Interpol has uh, a relationship with uh, uh, United Emirates and South Africa, it should come out very well because the relationship is still fresh and it's still standing. And based on that, and I think we should be hopeful that the Guptas will finally be brought to book because of this existing relationship. And uh, again, we they seem to be having serious influence in Dubai, and it would it would it would be interesting to see if the, the the kinship in Dubai would allow them to come to South Africa, or do they find ways of uh, dodging Interpol? But for the for the existing relationship and what United Emirates has signed up for, it should be a seamless situation in which they must allow the Guptas to come to South Africa to answer to to the music. We're on level four, and that means the UIF COVID-19 tours scheme is back. It had more than teething problems the last time out. Corporates this time having to account for their corrupt and nefarious ways in the embezzlement of the many funds that are ultimately due for their employees, who never got in a lot of instances, and to the extent that they did some of them, they did not get the full rate at which they were supposed to be getting some conversation insofar as it relates to how this nation, particularly from a national solidarity perspective, ought to really be considered of the interests of everybody and play the respective parts of each. I think uh, what we've seen previously is going to repeat itself because uh, here, number one, we have a cultural issue of corruption, and number two, we have weaker systems of accountability, and number three, we do not have strong technological capacity to handle our finances. We who who is making the application for what reasons and how to trace the beneficiaries of these applications. And I think because of these three major issues, the problem is likely to uh, to repeat itself in which corporations want to try to find loopholes to benefit unduly or maybe people can still try to take advantage of the system. And this is because that uh, South Africa has one of the weakest ways of managing their national data. And this is kind of reflected in how we handle issues such as uh, the distribution of of the 350, SASA 350, and this scheme. Had we have a strong technological system where we can automatically verify our applicants or maybe have a system of holding corporations accountable, this thing should go uh, smooth, seamlessly well. But because of those issues, we are likely to see another uh, problem in terms of corruption. And this also talks to the fragmented nature of the response to COVID-19, because this is something that we should have prioritized because if you put people under lockdown, automatically you have to strengthen ways of promoting livelihood. And with this with this issue at the moment, it doesn't seem that this is the case. The, the government has to be first lobbied to consider this scheme, and they are not actually speaking with one voice. And that is part of the problem that uh, the president comes and speaks in an incomplete story, and now they have to find ways of completing the story. Where the issue should have been, when we put people under lockdown, what are the consequences? What are we going to do about it? And that that complacency and completeness is missing in how the government has been acting since day one. 
Yeah, let's take some calls. Let's take some calls. 2024, we have just shy of 10 minutes left of the segment, so I know that there are at least five. Wow, we're doing well this evening. Thank you so much for the indulgence. Again, the number, Johannesburg, 714-2006. 90 seconds, no exception. First time of Brafini. Let's play hands, please, for these one, two, four first-time callers out of five. So in an omnibus for them, let's play the hands, please, all the first-time callers. Gabs, Mfanafutu, Tim and Tembingosi, all of you where you are, thank you so much for the indulgence. Let's go in this order. Gabs in Durban, first timer, 90 hey. seconds. Hey, thank you, thank you. Uh, good evening to you man, uh, and, your, uh, and your listeners all over the country. Go for it. Yeah, man. Uh, firstly, uh, I have a few issues that I, I want to raise here. First, it's one of uh, the Guptas. Uh, I'm one of those who uh, really, really do not believe uh, uh, what the NPA is saying. And certainly the logic will tell you, these people can't even touch Bushiri, someone who's just here. How are they going to find the, uh, the Guptas? And even if you go to that Interpol and, and, and search, you'll never find uh, uh, Guptas there. You can even go now. But they've already announced in the national TV that uh, 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 there have been red tapes and, and whatsoever. I'm telling you, you can go and check. There are no Guptas there. It's just politics. And 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 secondly, uh, the issue of Jacob Zuma. When are we going to ask Zondo to do an honourable thing and recuse himself? Because we are in this situation that we find ourselves in today because of one man. If anything happens to Zondo today, what's going to happen? Is that commission going to collapse? Today we are blaming Zuma, of which uh, 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 we, don't, we, we don't turn the focus now to Zondo. Because Zondo, that, it doesn't own that commission. That commission is for us, South Africans. We spend billions there. And we need Jacob Zuma to come and testify. What is so hard for Zondo to recuse himself? Because we are in this mess because of Zondo. Yeah, I'm sure the listeners who are listening and heard what you have said might respond to that. Thank you so much, Mgabs. Mfanafuti in Ngungunjovo, thank you so much for calling. Your thoughts, please. You have 90 seconds. Yes, I want to talk about the deputy president issue. I don't believe we need a deputy president uh, in this country, not just him. As a matter of fact, even the deputy ministers. Um, actually, I also believe that the, the main problem that we have in South Africa is, is this constitution of ours. It should not have a permanent constitution. It should have been an interim constitution to take us from one dispensation to the new one. It should have been reviewed, a total review. Because most of the problems that we have is because they emanate from this constitution. Even if you argue the, the issue of a deputy president, they refer you to the constitution and the ministers. If you remember, this lady who was the NFP leader was chosen as deputy minister, and she got sick and uh, was not able to perform her duties. But she, she, she carried on. So it means she couldn't care, uh, do her duties, but she was still a deputy minister. So it means the deputy minister is like, there's no use for them. So all I'm saying, the whole constitution needs to be reviewed. And it will save us money. And also, then one sphere of government needs to, to go as well, like the, the provincial uh, sphere of government. I don't see the need for it. So just the deputy president, but the whole constitution needs to uh, total review. Because most things were, were, were passed in hindsight. So now this is where you are as a country because of the very same constitution. That's all I want to say. Thank you so much, Mfana Futi. So okay. Gab's saying... 
acting Chief Justice Raymond Zondo should do the honourable thing for the sake of the country, for the sake of the Commission and its progress, and to justify the funds so far spent on this Commission. My brother Mfanafuti from Gungundlov was saying that we should review the Constitution. This Constitution are his words. Let's go to Tim in Soweto, first-timer as well. Go for it, Tim. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you to you and your listeners. Uh, I just want to, to touch on two things. One, uh, what really happened in Gandra yesterday, it really shows that we have a serious, serious crisis in this country of law and order. Uh, and I think we could learn from a country like Botswana. You know, it's not, not, not going very far. You see, the, the issue with this country, it's law and order. We cannot have the SAPS really enforce law, law. and that is that is the first issue. The second uh, issue is that our country is not suffering from an economic crisis, but we are suffering from the problem of corruption. You know, and and our challenge is not economy, but our challenge is 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 corruption. And I think what's currently happening in the ruling party, it is very crucial you know, for us as a country, because the truth be told, it is only under the leadership of Cyril Ramaphosa that at least we see some level of action, you know, decisive action really being taken against corruption, whether he is a party to it or not, but at least we can really sit as a country and say, at least we see some form of action being taken, corruption being exposed. And for me, as an ordinary citizen, I'm happy with that. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you so much, Tim. Let's move on. Let's move on. The gentleman is citing the fact that there is progress seemingly being made on corruption. Those are the thoughts of Tim Fanafuti saying that the Constitution needs to be reviewed. And Mgap saying, Zondo must go. Zondo must go. Zondo must go. If you remember that song, you know exactly where that comes from. Anonymous in KZN, good evening. Good evening to you and your guest, uh, Sangya. So I'm just waiting when the Guptas are going to come to South Africa. They already siphoned 29 million, and I don't know where they siphoned it to. And because all the poor people's money in KZN were stolen. Because at the time, I had no idea that the Guptas were running this country and why my life was made so miserable by the things who were singing from ESCOM to Itikwene municipality, to the water department, to, to the department in my town. They all were things where the head of the department were singing at my expense and actually helping themselves with my pension. You know, so I want my pension money refunded back to me because they stole out of me in different ways. So I want my money back, so they must come back and must give the public all the money that was stolen. That's all I want. And about the Zuma story, I put in one year and take out in the other year. I don't want to hear nothing about Zuma because I already brought the country down for nine years to disrepute. Thank yeah. you. Very clear, very clear in what she wants and what she thinks about what has happened. Please do engage with us as well. I forget to do this and I forget to say it, but at Song as a for the purposes of the viewpoint is where you will have your thoughts aired and one who is no slouch in that particular regard is Noel, my brother in Cape Town, who still owes me a hike, and I know he heard that. He says the lack of leadership and its failures were glaringly, obviously, particularly to yesterday's events, glaringly absent, of course, in that regard. That's what Noel thinks. Thank you so much, Noel. Tembingosi in Stanger, KZN. First time as well. Welcome, my dear brother. 
Hola, 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 hola. Good evening, guys. How are you? Sefi Lagunzan, that. Ah, perfect, perfect. We have about 80 seconds now. Good evening to you, Nikita, and and the listeners of SAFM. Nice to uh, be part of the show. Um, Thank you. Gentlemen, I think he just read out his um, voice, his um, SMS or something. He yes. took the words out of my mouth. Um, it's a lack of leadership, clear leadership. Void. Um, if you think, if you remember, Uti, how it was when we went on lockdown level five last time. That's Tonipa. You know, we were respectful. We we knew it's okay. You know what? This is serious. And we were we were promised a lot of things, like you know, the hospital we built and all that. Younger they on today, um, but things started to change. Moba, of the unclear and um, it, it, the way the leadership of the country decided Oguti to be. Um, you know, to, to choose on which part. Why do I say that? So till today, Bob, they've never said anything to the taxi drivers, and there's nothing to the to, to the social distancing and low seventy percent capacity. And taxis are, are loading full capacity till today. Okay, I'm not fighting against the the the, 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 the taxi people or the economy. Go to a double standard that I'm fighting against, Bob. Um, three, two, one. I'm giving you an indulgence. I probably shouldn't, Tim, because I'm going to ask you to call us back a little bit later, please. But we have noted your thoughts, and we do appreciate the fact that there is a sense of lawlessness that has since crept into the country because I think, never mind the fact that a year is a long time to keep people in sort of the climate in which we are, what doesn't change and what does thrive in what doesn't change is the fact that COVID is live and it real, is real and it simply thrives on the fact that we don't respect the protocols that have been put before us today and I do appreciate your thoughts. It's a pity you ran out of time as a first-time caller, but welcome. This is how things happen, yeah? Sandisile Mangabung Bloemfontein, first-time caller as well. Much appreciated. Go for it. 90 seconds starts now. Evening. How are you, Sanders? Well, sir, how's it? I'm um, good, 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 Sonia. I'd like to talk about uh, what's been happening in, in Ghana in the past uh, weekend. Most people have been talking about it and saying the lawlessness that was taking place there, people not uh, adhering to regulations or wearing masks and stuff like that. But to me, the lawlessness began with the Constitutional Court by hearing a matter that they were not even supposed to hear. To me, that is lawlessness. Because had they just done what the Constitution prescribed for them to do, then the lawlessness could have never taken place. Now, what happens is they expect everyone to adhere to COVID regulations. They expect things to be normal in an abnormal situation. For example, if you remove uh, the rights of any person to, 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 to appeal any sentence, it's the same as just arresting someone without trial, which is against the Constitution. I don't care how South African journalists are trying to sugarcoat what's happening, but at the end of the day, you cannot just take a person straight from wherever he is straight to prison. Because now that makes you above the law. The law says you cannot be 
put into prison without trial. We all know that. Thank you but so much. Thanks, thanks, Sandesila. You are certainly right insofar as it relates to how certainly the Zuma years and his appearances before the court have tested to the absolute core our constitutional order, its jurisprudence, its laws, its systems, its everything. I read quite cheekily on Twitter somebody saying when Ananias Mate finally passed away, the prison authorities thanked him for the fact that he made them so agile in their thinking and he took them to places in a way that they never thought they would go there because he was just literally a Houdini of their time. And I think in many respects that mirrors the Zuma years insofar as it relates to his relationship with the courts and the thinking he has forced all of society, particularly lawyers and attorneys and judges alike, to think differently of and about our constitutional order. I have some messages that I wish to read before I do come back to you, Mechid. Well, you obviously got people to think and think the right way because the response has been quite staggering and in many respects a long time since we have seen such. Hi, Songhezo. I work in a municipal court and I, on a daily basis, witness people being prisoned for contempt of court. Mind you, our contempt of court amount is a mere 300 rand. I wait to see where the Zuma contempt matter ends and the impact it will have in our lower courts. Second one, much appreciated for that one. Second, what did Ramaphosa as deputy president do during so-called state capture years? That's Deddy in Mafigeng. Let's go to the third one before we come back to you, Meji, in finalizing this particular segment. Good evening, SAFM team. I don't have a problem with Gupta's with the Gupta family being hunted. My problem is charity began at home and we should go for Bushiri before we reach to the UAE. That's from De Beers in Middleburg and Bumalanga. Some thoughts of many so far. Perhaps I'll give you a minute to two to summarize everything I've said and what the listeners have said. I'm going to start with the issues of Bushiri and the Guptas. Uh, I think uh, our borders are quite porous, and it's actually a very interesting question that how are we going to arrest uh, the Guptas if we can't deal with Bushiri? But however, these are unrelated issues. But, but the Guptas are in an international stage. If they can travel another country which has partnership with Interpol, Interpol can notify the authorities of that country and they can be arrested. And that can, that is what can actually work to South Africa's advantage. And with the issue of whether... Do we need a deputy president? Somebody said if we don't need ministers. I kind of agree with the person. And unfortunately in South Africa, and this is something that you have said before, a, a, a government becomes some sort of a gift culture process where when you enter into a government as a president, you not reward your associates. And this number of officials have been created in government so that politicians can reward one another. Whether the person is doing something for the country, that is material, as long as they are working as political partners to advance their political ambition. And with regard to Zuma and the jurisprudence and whether people are right to act in that way, I think there is a lot of confliction of issues here. And whether uh, whether people who are supporting Zuma acted lawfully or they are kind of resisting an injustice, I do not think that is the situation because before before this thing happened, they asked Zuma to represent his side of story. And that could have led to him being given a fair hearing. And he chose to speak through his foundation and through the media, whereas he could have actually followed a formal process in which he represented what sort of sanctions can be meted against him. And he had that option and he did not take it. And now he's playing victim and people are kind of 
are falling in those traps because he's really trying to act like a victim. And does it represent the issue of lawlessness? That is very true because he was supposed to be in jail right now. And people, the people in the case at end thought it's not, it's not the right thing to do. And they kind of prevented the police to do that. Now the on us is for the police to find the most sensitive way of deorganizing people in the, the gathering and making sure that Zuma does indeed face the music. And and <coughs> the fact that the fact that she has actually finally. yes, finally the fact that she has actually asked the Peter Marzipek High Court to he wanted he wants his case to be heard there to challenge uh, the the sentence does not necessarily stops the, uh, his sentencing. He must still go to jail while he's waiting for the Peter Marisbeck High Court to hear the matter tomorrow. Fantastic. Let's leave it there. Dr. Mejimahova, thank you so much for your thoughts. Independent political analyst giving us sound bites and cocktails of the weekend that has been on hashtag the weekend rap here on SAFM. 2040, after the break, a new conversation, all things to do with regional integration, but on the continent. Could the African continental free trade area help South Africa address the chronic youth unemployment? We'll deal with voice notes in a little while.